I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour Football Acker. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their Happy New Year, Conan and Jer. It's great to be back. Did you have a good Christmas? Great Christmas. Uh, yeah. I've rented well. You're looking, <laughs> yeah, you're looking very fit, Jer. You must have gone easy on the on the festivities, Conan. You're always fit. You you can't fatten a thoroughbred. You're you're just a racehorse, and that's uh, it. Yeah. You don't you don't ever let your body kind of go. <laughs> body's a temple. The body just rejects bad food when I put it in. Right. Okay. Well, we're two we're two days away from all Ireland semi-finals, right? So we are. On Saturday, we have Ballyboden versus Kilku, and that is in Breffney Park, Kingspan Breffney Park. And we have Corrafin versus Nemo Rangers in Ennis. So I don't know, uh, Ger, you've experienced this on Manny's an occasion. I've experienced it once myself. Usually it's in February and you have a whole bloody 10, 12 weeks to, to punch in. Now these poor fellas couldn't enjoy the Christmas socially, couldn't enjoy New Year's socially, they've an all-around semi-final look forward to, so they won't complain. We'll complain for them. It's not fair. <laughs> it's, it is a funny one, and look, I suppose they're trying to sort out this uh, perennial fixture problem that yeah. uh, exists uh, across the different uh, inter-county club and college uh, uh, stakeholders, but uh, as, as a club, you'd like to be in an all-around club semi-final. Yeah. If it's on Christmas Day, you're going to play it. Exactly. Um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. It's a great uh, privilege to, to make it that far. Um, three of the clubs involved have, have been there before. Um, and Kilku will be looking to get over the line, get into an All Ireland club final, and see can they uh, uh, get that, that that first All Ireland club title. But uh, it's just about kind of mining yourself uh, over the over the Christmas period. 
Not they're going all, too they're, crazy. They're you actually know? all in the same boat. You mentioned three of them have been here before, but that's useless to them because the mm. 12 week thing, which oh, I'm true. sure Cora yeah. Finn have yeah. ironed this out and have it down to a T, we'll give them three weeks off, we'll get them back in. And now it's like, it's torn up. Kilku are in the same position as the others. Yeah, you got to work backwards. So when you get your, your uh, the date of your, of your fixture, you just work backwards. So obviously the provincial finals were, what, probably six, seven weeks ago at this stage. Oh, well, less. Le- well, the, sure, Ballyboden was only two weeks ago. Then Kilku probably a week before. Probably only three weeks. Three you know? weeks. So, so it's a lot tighter than in comparison, sorry, to, to, yeah, the, much tighter, to, the, yeah. to the previous year. So so Christmas Day, your most fellas are probably doing some sort of running to, to yeah. uh, keep the body ticking over. We were going mad about Christmas Day training here for inter-county <coughs> teams, but there is an excuse to get them together on a Christmas Day or Stevens. Jesus, like you've an all-earned semi-final on the fourth. You have to. You have to like you, you give them a pass for this and it has to be pointed out it's only this year that the semi-finals are on the fourth next year they're going to be moved back the semi-finals will be moved into December and the final will be mm. on the, the final will be on the same date the 16th you'll still have to mind yourself over Christmas yeah. but not to this probably to the same extent there's, there's like there's not a lot of sympathy out there though for them like you know amongst club players it's just like oh all are in the semi-final boo I know, like, I yeah, know. take a Christmas off to do that and Maybe it is a bit different for Cora Finn here, like, for God's sake, another all in semi-final. <laughs> but for everybody else, it would just be like, they would definitely sacrifice one Christmas to, to reach that level. Yeah, no, that, and that's the thing, and we, we, we've mentioned this, no player is going to complain about this, because, although I think TJ Reid complained a little bit about it, now he's been in enough of them to go, here, this is silly. <laughs> like, it's not as nov- much a novelty. I think he's three All-Ireland clubs, it could even be four. So, like, I mean, at, at his at his stage of his career, he's able to complain about it. There's no one from Kilku will be saying this is a joke. Yeah. You know, or, or Bally Bowden even as well, who've only been there once before. It's, it's probably retrospectively, uh, as you finish as a player, and TJ, I know he's been around the block a long time, still playing, obviously uh, performing uh, extremely well. If you put out any negative kind of comments in the build-up to it, you don't want to be distracting the team psychology going into a game. You want to stay focused on the task at hand. But I would imagine, uh, deep down, most fellas are like... Jamie Mac, like uh, it's Christmas time, you would like to switch off. There's a natural rhythm that exists in the body, doesn't it? Come up to the uh, middle of December, the the silly season, and then you kind of switch off, have yeah. a few beers, and eat whatever. It's all that though, like it's your Christmas party and work. Yeah, you might yeah. have to avoid. You might have to give. You know, avoid. Yeah. It's all these things. All Christmas is for meeting up with friends that maybe come back from abroad, yeah. going meeting family coming back from abroad. They, they can't do any of that. Mm. It is very, very harsh. I don't care. Like, it's really, really harsh. Now, it has to be pointed out, it's only for this year. We know the solution here is to move everything into last year, start a new year, and the All-Ireland Champions will then bloody enjoy your Christmas as champions and bring the cup around your village and on Santa's sleigh yeah. or whatever you want to do. No, that's, that's the way right. to do it. Yeah. And, and like sure, during the summer, like the, the one we always use, the example for inter-county players is weddings. You know, they can't enjoy themselves at weddings. Festivals. Or go to them festivals. They used to break my heart. Yeah, whereas <laughs> December is a, it's a, just a no-go area now if you're a club player in an All-Ireland semi-final. Like yeah. You can't go out, you can't have your Christmas party. Yeah, it's just a tough time and you have to eat right the whole time as well. Exactly. Okay, we won't complain about it too too much longer. I wanted to ask you, Ger, um the big news that broke before Christmas. Not really that Jim Gavin resigned because that's been talked to death, but Desi Farrell um, taken over. What do you think? He seems like the na- natural successor with having known all these lads in 14 and 17, bringing them to under-21. Yeah, I fully agree with Wally. Desi is absolutely a, a natural successor he's followed a similar career path if you want to call it that as, as Jim in terms of uh, underage success, success but also at minor level then as well uh, winning an All-Ireland I think they lost 2011 All-Ireland came back and won, they won lost the that one yeah. so he would know the fellas fairly intimately uh, Desi never played uh, under him but got to know him through his, his work in the GPA uh, 
he he's a very thorough individual. Um, he's all about the player getting the best out of the individual. He'll be, will, he be, will he be facilitating the players like Jim did? I would imagine he will, <laughs> will be facilitating. <laughs> he definitely will. Look at more than uh, an individual going into a new role. You do want to put your 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 own slant on it. You want to kind of uh, build on the success that has uh, been uh, achieved beforehand. But you want to you don't want to be a copy and paste job. You want to bring your own personality to it. So but uh, this is the thing about it. I was reading a piece from Conor McKeown in the Independent, and he was talking about Desi Farrell's autobiography. Mm. And in the autobiography, he spoke about the mistakes Mickey Whelan made in 96 when he came in after yeah. Pat O'Neill and he was, Mickey tried to put too much of his own stamp and he started challenging John O'Leary who was the captain and you know he, he ruffled a few feathers that he didn't need to so you'd imagine Desi won't do any of that if he's able to see the mistake Mickey yeah. potentially made and, and, and I actually as, as, a, as a teenager my, my parents got me John O'Leary's book for a Christmas box one year and they got me Desi Farrell's book Tangled Up in Blue as a Christmas box one year and I remember uh, reading it uh, interesting stories um, and then I always got to know Mickey for best but he was a mentor like nearly another father figure for me in many yeah. ways uh, between uh, Dublin and club involvement but Mickey's a very very strong character a lot of pretty much everything that has been done now and how Dublin are prepared and elements of the style of play uh, that they incorporate that's actually what Mickey was doing back then and he was doing it back in the 70s as well right. with the Dublin team he had spent a lot of time over in the States uh, he was involved in high-level soccer, uh, different sports, athletics, and he was clever and smart enough to bring the best of all these different uh, uh, disciplines uh, and see how we can make Gaelic games uh, about a sport. So uh, you can understand uh, in 1995, Dublin won the All-Ireland for the first time since '83. Fellas have been put up on a pedestal like gods, and we've all been there. You're getting the pats in the back playing for your county team, and a new guy comes in with his new ideas, and it's not running laps of the pitch, or it's not this particular training that they were doing. They're Pat O'Neill, the manager, ninety-five. Yeah, it's actually more sport-specific, sports science type training, and you're like, what the fuck is this like? Yeah, you know? yeah. we're not fit. And we're not fit yet because <laughs> they haven't felt knackered. They're not coughing. They're, uh, they're not puking. The yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that was probably a learning I would imagine for Mickey uh, in how to deal with individuals and uh, and uh, how to bring a group along, particularly when you're a new guy coming in that you yeah. can't, even though you can see things happen that you're. I'm not, I, don't, I don't really like that part of it, but I'll have to leave that bit go in order to bring the guys with me and you gradually introduce a couple of new new ideas and principles yeah. over the course of a he couple had, of seasons. But he, he, like Desi has to put his own stamp on it though. He can't just take Jim's team and say, oh, well, look, you're just like, take you're one and all Ireland on his work. So Conor McHugh, Colin Baskell could be starting. Do you know what I mean? Lads mm. that he won all Ireland under 21s with. Like McHugh is brilliant under him for Nafina. Like who do you push out? Will they be disgruntled? Will they go, oh, well, this is it. It's, it's, it's not an easy job coming after Jim Gavin who won five in a row. Like it's, I don't envy Desi in a way. Only Desi could probably have succeeded him or Pat Gilroy. Fellas who, you know, I would even say Pat would have been better than Desi in that if a few results go wrong for Desi, be like, this lad's never managed a senior. Yeah. Like, at least Pat won in All-Ireland mm. and is a, you know, a very confident, successful man. That was that was the hopes. It was a non-dub. I was hoping that Desi would be coming and trying to like, just tear up the script and be like, no, we're doing it my way now. Like, we're going to win better, sort of. I was thinking about um, when Brian Clough went into Leeds and took yeah. over Don Revy. It's like, forget about what you did before. This is a better way of doing it. But if he was smart, like, yeah, if he did the exact same thing this year, they'd win in All-Ireland. And it'll be his first one. And, like, you know, you wouldn't really change the team. You would keep everything the same the team were really happy under Jim Gavin and it sounds like yeah, from what Jerry's saying like, it sounds like that's sort of what he is going to do he's going to come in with a natural progression Yeah. hopefully I would like to see him you know throw a few more 
rolls of the dice, just trying to sort of change things a little bit and make them a bit more vulnerable. I don't know if he will do. Yeah, well, I, I think he will. He probably it's not like Dublin are lacking players if he wants to bring them in. Do you know that kind of way? Mm. So, like, and, I mean, and, we'll watch this space. And, and it's probably worth noting that I would say there's a difference. Um, what would you call it? The Dublin players in, in, in January 1996 in comparison to the Dublin players in, in January 2020. Mm. They're a different group. Yeah, uh, I think much more humble, much more uh, grounded individuals, and they'll see the bigger picture. And if X player is, is being pushed out and he's at the run his six or seven All Irelands, and he's been starting the last couple of years in the gym, um, and he's not performing, and it's for the greater good of the team, he, he won't be happy. But yeah. you know, he had to take on the chin or try to uh, see. Get and, himself back and in the squad, that's you know? true, but that's under Jim Gavin. That's mm. the reaction under him. Mm. Like the, the respect they had for him, would that be the reaction under someone else? That's the question. Be- we don't know. Like you'd imagine it will be, but because Desi has coached so many of these fellas yeah. now from minor to under twenty yeah. twenty one, I think it will be. But your point is extremely valid, probably at the same time. But uh, <laughs> we've we'll known a few months. <laughs> will, will Desi get away with bringing Jeremy Connolly in mid season? Yeah, probably not. Well, Jim Gavin would. Would Desi not pick Bernard Brogan in the twenty six for an All Ireland final in his very fast first All Ireland final, and then Bernard? personally meet him to shake his hand when he was retiring like the, for me that was incredible I'd be like I'm not there's no way I'm even ringing that lad like mm. he, he dogged me and Bernard said on this show he said well the respect I had for him for the, all the time we were together rather than just the last you know mm. the last year but anyways you could do a full if you could do a full uh, show on this um, Tommy Conroy year ex-manager mm. he was thrown in the mix was it this we were saying it might be just Paddy Power doing a stunt was he ever in the mix did you hear anything Gerard? I, I, I think it could have been Paddy Power maybe doing a stunt uh, at the same time I got excited about it having had Tommy for five six years in the club uh, Tommy uh, great fella super manager and he would have been another uh, great appointment you'd probably be more nervous about it in comparison to someone like Desi or, or yeah. who has Pat to go back in for the reasons already, already discussed but uh, Tommy could have been an exciting figure going in but uh, from what I gather I think it was Paddy Power having a bit of fun yeah no I think yeah. I think maybe it was come here clubs you, we mentioned clubs like Nemo Corrafin just coming back you know year after year and Corrafin especially so when Corrafin appeared on the scene for me first was in an All-Ireland semi-final against G and you were after winning the All-Ireland the year before you came back won in a really difficult Dublin Championship then won a Leinster which I think you beat Portlaoise in the final uh, that year. Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. And then you have to play Corrafin. Now, I didn't know anything about Corrafin at the time. Their, their team is very, very similar to the one it is, is now, especially their forward line. I think their whole forward line, bar wing forward, young Dylan Wall has come in and a Delaney was <coughs> wing forward back then. Did you know much about them at the time? Did you know how good they were? Lundy got four from play that day. Ian Burke got four from play that day. Liam Silk, Mark Connolly. And I couldn't believe the beachy. I couldn't believe the beachy because I didn't know if I knew then what I know now. Yeah. You know, you'd be a millionaire. <laughs> um, they like we did our homework. We 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 got a couple of videos uh, of their previous games and uh, due diligence was cer- certainly carried out. And we knew the fellas by name. We knew their faces without having actually played against them before. Um, when it came to the game itself, <clears throat> we were quite flat. Um, the structured defence that we kind of had. Uh, not getting sucked out of positions, they expose us really well. Um, 
uh, they knew we weren't going to necessarily track them all over the field so so they dropped in and out of these little pockets but they were far hungrier they were the better team they play a lovely style of uh, kick pass and football which great they're, style yeah. they're still playing they haven't moved away from it too yeah. much but uh, the hunger is a big thing though isn't massive, it yeah, new yeah. kid on the block and then Dr Crokes did it to them down in Limerick mm. another year when they were on you know it's the time to get them in that semi-final maybe Slock Neil did it to you another year yeah. but then you were how difficult is it to win in All-Ireland and go through that whole process again without ever changing getting a break or getting any downtime well, I remember after the 2014 Club All-Ireland, I think it was a bank holiday Monday, maybe Patrick's Day that year, and the following Sunday we had a, a league game, I think it was, it was against Ballyboden, and the rules in Dublin, you can only move the league game um, within seven days of the original fixture, and it's a good rule because it gets all the games played in time, yeah. but, but that aside... We had to talk out, or most of the tried to talk out the following Sunday against the Ballyboden team. I've been out for the previous week, as you do. Yeah. But it's just crazy. And then, if you know, we all have friends in America or, or friends from England, and you might be chatting to them or they're coming over, and you're explaining the GA season to them, and they're like, that doesn't make sense. Why, <laughs> why did you not? I don't know. I don't know who it's harder on the club, the actual club players or the county players. Because if you're making an all in final, both don't get a break. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 the up-and-coming club guy who's looking to get a, a couple of runs in your Bourne Cup or the equivalent in the other provinces to try and get their name, put their name in the hat. Oh, uh, he, for, he stays for with the, the club, yeah. He stays with the club. And then in, in my situation, I ended up with three sports-related surgeries because between, I think, 2012 and 2016, 17, we got the five club uh, championships in a row losing one to Ballyboe and they obviously went down to win the all Ireland that year and then we obviously had great runs with Dublin as well so it took us to say my body I don't know how the airmage hasn't broken down yet he's yeah. just a jam bag in terms of the <laughs> physiology just, yeah, but, uh, physiology yeah, I yeah. think is on it's a big part of it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely and then you played Nemo in 07 yeah. um, and I, I'd forgotten I was looking through the teams and Pat Gilroy he, we played G in the semi-final Gilroy didn't start that day I think he started for the final against the Westmead champions and he played well I think he set up a couple of scores yeah. and he stayed on the team then till the final so Pat Gilroy stayed going until 07 Pat, the club. past that going so we, we uh, the county final that year I think we bet St. Bridget uh, um, a branch sound in the final and Pat was uh, was only a sub and he started kind of turning up the train uh, more frequently like you know <laughs> so, so Pat was Before carrying the final Pat, Pat, Pat was carrying a bit of a, a bit of a belly he so I'll share the story yeah so it's uh, and he, he lives about a five minute drive from St. Vincent's Clubhouse so he was uh, putting his bike, he was telling Mickey Whelan, who was manager, that I'll get fit, I'll cycle up the train and everything. Pat's <laughs> a 37-year-old wealthy businessman and he's cycling up from the house like the young lads trying to get fit. But he was seen putting his uh, bike in the back of his, his nice X5 or wherever he had, driving up to the entrance of Vincent's, taking the bike out and cycling the 200 metres in the road, like, you know. But, uh, but Pat was a great Splash guy. Splash water in his Splash face. Splash water in his face, you know. But, uh, That's he, he, but he was effective for you then when oh, he started, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Like, scores came off him, you know. Scores came off him. We had a great semi-final against uh, Cross McGlenn, who are, had been competing in, in, in probably three or four All-Ireland club finals in a row and now they haven't done the three in a row. They certainly won two, lost one, I think maybe won a, a third. But uh, Pat was a big target man with a guy, Brian Maloney from uh, Mayo, uh, corner forward. He actually won an intermediate Connacht Championship at his uh, home club park there recently. Um, and Massey Quinn was in the other corner. And uh, I think we got two great goals. Actually, it was in Park Tolchin in, in, in Navin, the semi-final against Cross McGlynn. Right. We took great confidence from that. And we just struggled over the line. 
against uh, Nemo Rangers yeah. who were fancy going into that you final. Were, you were hammering Nemo the whole way through the game and then yeah. almost let it slip. They got a run on you. I think it was six points in five minutes or five points in six minutes. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're coasting and now you're in a bloody game. Yeah. And Joe McQuillan was refereeing that day. He only played one minute of extra time. It was only my dad reminding me this after the 2011 Intercounty All-Ireland final. Uh, he played one minute of extra time against Nemo which he won and that broke us through the glass ceiling. And then 2011 with Dublin, Joe McQuillan was reffing. He only played one minute of extra time. <laughs> Dublin we won, Joe. We won, we won Dublin, yeah. Dublin Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dublin Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better well, than your man Dublin Jimmy, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's have a look ahead to these two matches, lads. Because, like, geez, to be honest with you, they're both really attractive and they're both on TG Cahar. Corofin Nemo's the first one um, at one thirty, and then Ballyboden Kilku is the second one um, at three thirty. So we'll start with Bally. We're going to start with Ballyboden and Kilku because it's more of a novel um, pairing. And based on the Ulster final, what Ballyboden are going to have to do? They're going to have to stop the ball going into Conor Laverty because for a small little man, like he, we were saying on the show here, Jer, he throws it around almost like Ian Burke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he's just interested in getting on ball and waiting for runners. And Kilku, they have players like uh, Eugene Brannigan and Ryan Johnson who have the, the engines to be back defending. But when that diagonal ball goes to Laverty, they're running off him. Do you know what I mean? So you'd imagine Ballyboden are going to have to put somebody standing in front of Laverty. Well, and Connor, I've played against him with, with, with Down. Uh, never got to play against him with the club, and I, I know him through work in the third level. Oh, Trinity, yeah. So uh, he's a great guy. I, I, I don't know how he's still doing it. Uh, I think he's three or four young boys as well, uh, and he's still playing at that level. But and he's over the Kilku Miners too. Uh, so, and, and I think the, yeah. she's there winning everything. But they won. Too, all, yeah. I think they won the Ulster. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, but Connor, he, he obviously has a lot. Of, he has a lot of experience. His, his, his kind of his height and his build makes him difficult to actually tackle uh, because when he has the ball in his hand, it's, it's nearly a case of looking you're giving at, away a free. You're giving away a free. So if, if I can just not let him get in the first place, but he is clever. The ball in is good from in the previous games, and again he is patient enough. And you mentioned the likes of uh, Brannigan and Johnson, strong runners coming off the shoulder. But uh, what they do have from watching the Ulster final against Dave Connell, they understand what they're trying to do. Um, they did most of their damage in the first half in that Ulster final and again probably a bit of nerves they kind of hung on because I know they were trying to get over the uh, that line as well for the last number of years but um, I thought they maybe scored two or three points maybe in the second half uh, in total but again Laverty was a big part of, of everything that was good about him. Ah, he was him. Yeah, he was, he yeah, was the yeah. main man and like I mean the beautiful thing about having a target man there it doesn't have to be a big man there's clarity about your game plan You mm-hmm. can't, and you see Mayo with Moran like everything will go through Moran will show and we'll go through him and we'll run off him. And it's kind of old school tactics in a way, Jerry, isn't it? Like maybe in the noughties, that was the way wing forwards kind of played. They waited for the ball to go in and time the run off him. The only thing is, it's predictable. And you'd imagine Ballyboden know what makes them tick. And if Conor Laverty stopped, where's, you know what I mean? Jerome Johnson's not the type of forward who's going to win and throw it off to lads. You know, I like it. I really like it. But I do think that it, it probably can be defended against because it works so well in the Ulster final. Mm. It's it's nearly like a, an Achilles heel though for Ballyboden because they they're trying to press like and they've got a big strong middle third and they're trying to push up on well, teams yeah, and that's turn the thing. ball over. That's the thing they can't probably can't leave a full time sweeper in front of him because that'll mess up their press. Yeah. And Ballyboden are all about the press, so that will be interesting. Yeah, unless you get a Jared Brennan and just let him drop I off know, his man, yeah. Pre- press a bit. <laughs> with a, press with when a, you have to. <laughs> ah, you know what you're doing. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm dropping back. You're yeah, not yeah, catching yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it is an interesting dynamic because I was thinking, geez, Kilku might struggle. Like Daryl Brannigan, who was so good the last day, you know, he might not get that running game as easy. 
But then the ball's going to be into Conor Avery, so I think Kilku can play it either way. So if Ballyboden drop off, then they can run at them, and if they push you up, then they can kick it. So it's a tough one for them for them to face it. Like, I don't know, I think that's going to be on. If you look at Conor McHugh against Nafina, had a field day against them. And it's just it's it's something that they're giving teams because they think they're getting Conor McHugh versus Belly Bowden, yeah. Daryl Brannigan versus Darren O'Reilly is going to be some some matchup because Darren O'Reilly is a player I like for Belly Bowden. He's like all action. He's got a great engine, and he I think he's a very underrated player for them because he he gets through so much work. Mm. And we know how good Daryl Brannigan looked a sensation in the Ulster final. So the two of them going up against each other will be worth worth watching. No, uh, certainly two honest uh, individuals. And again, I obviously know Darren that bit better playing with Belly Bowden, and he absolutely is in the right playing against Bowden over the years he's someone that we actually do talk about because he picks up uh, an awful lot of ball an awful lot of what's good about uh, Bowden yeah. it does go through him and he's fit enough to uh, get up and down the uh, the wing Daryl Brannigan again hugely impressive he's a strong runner trying to break that first line defence as uh, Cullen said Bowden will try to squeeze him in the middle uh, put the high press on and if Brannigan from wing back and break that uh, first line of defence get him behind the Bally Bowden uh, uh, There's clear the field, field yeah. There's clear field which is what Nafina did really really well yeah. and the lack of maybe what would you call it uh, demonstration of the dark arts that uh, Bowden had and, and, and Nafina didn't is what got Bowden over the line in yeah, that particular yeah. game and I think Bowden will have that then as well like the, the, the uh, we mentioned Eugene Brannigan and, and Ryan Johnson. Uh, I know Bob has mentioned the last team, but I know Kieran Kennedy and Rob McDay quite well. Those guys will be doing an awful lot of uh, uh, marking off the ball, so to speak, and in, in, in not allowing those guys to get in uh, over their heads and be strong runners off uh, the likes of Lafferty. So, um, they, they have a very good defence, Ballyboden, without having superstars in it, don't they? Mm, like they're, yeah. they're tough, dogged. They're, they're a tough team. You, you would respect them the way they play, don't you? They're, mm. hard, they're hardy kind of individuals for Southsiders, right? Yeah, hardy for Southsiders, <laughs> yeah. But they're big. Like, and the, uh, Cullen's played against them, so scary. Like, like they're very, very strong. They're very, very physical guys. Yeah. Uh, they're all at least kind of six foot, really. Yeah. Uh, and they're all well built. Uh, you're not going to bully them um, you're not going to win too many physical encounters so it's about moving the ball quick actually avoiding the contact and let the ball kind of do the work and uh, the less time you bring the ball into contact against them the more opportunity uh, you will have they're slow to start body Bowden in games but they finish quite strong yeah. and if you look at Kilku now some of their previous uh, down championship games and the preliminary Ulster cha- club championship games the scoring was woeful and it was mm. too uh, park buses in, in kind of most of the games, but uh, if if if, if Kilku can start well, yeah. like they did in the Ulster final, Bowden are slow to go to Brocks based on the previous games I've seen them playing and the Dublin Championship included in that. Uh, but at the same time, Kilku uh, they were holding on for their life in the Ulster final, just about got over the line, uh, well deserved in fairness to them. But Bowden do finish strong, and that's when the Basquells certainly come into their own. I think it will, it, yeah, it, it will be a good game, right? Because mm. Bally Bowden will probably let Kilku play their play. Derry Gonley didn't let Kilku play at all. It was a horrible game to watch. Mm. But uh, I think Bally Bowden probably will take them on. Do you know, in a in a, a more offensive game. Yeah. Or Look, every team get players behind the ball when they can. Yeah. But I don't think they'll be obsessed with it. Neither team are obsessed with it. What about what about the Baskells then? Like, I mean, Conal Keeney has broke his way back into the team as well. And he was good in the, in the Leinster final. I don't think Conal would be much of a fan of the way football has gone, where every time you get the ball, you can't do something. You, sometimes you just have to throw it off. You know what I mean? Let's say that frustra- frustrates him, but he scored two really good points yeah. in in the final. Baskells were quieter against Dayrog, but they were getting men behind the ball. It was look, it was a poxy day for football. Um, you know, up front, wh- wh- where do you think they're? Th- Baskells get all the headlines, I suppose. 
Well, well, they do. Well, I suppose you, you mentioned Colonel Keane coming back in as well. He's so much experience. I think Keane's about 36, 37 and, and to have that hunger still uh, at that age. Uh, well, he's like Dermot Connolly. He's a physical freak of a physical of a, freak, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he's just able to kind of to do it and he's physically strong. See, I suppose Keane over the years would have been corner forward with Dublin uh, playing in decent service in Co Park. You're winning ball, diagonal ball, and you're pushing off hard ground to get past the guy. That's not going to be the case uh, in the next couple of days mm. uh, with the wet conditions that we have there. So it is about being patient and trying to drag defences around and getting your strike runners off. But uh, if you if you look, uh, statistically speaking, Colly Basquell does nearly all of his scoring uh, in the latter stages of a game because defenders who've done decent jobs on him just they fatigue mentally uh, and physically and they start taking their eye off the ball, so to speak, literally and figuratively. And then Collie just breaks through and he's, he's, he's a very talented individual. He gets wrapped up a bit into county level. That's his own challenge. If he, uh, I'm sure he will get a couple of runs. Is it because he but, takes uh, his man on too much and at inter-county level they're, they're yes. able for that? Yes. He needs to develop yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. He has yeah. to evolve a bit, yeah. Which he's doing a bit more with the club in fairness. He's given and he's going and his movement is very good and he, he, he's extremely fit. Too as well, which which gets him over the line in those last ten minutes of a game when uh, yeah. a lot of his damage is done. But himself and his brother, are, are, and Vernon Ross McGarry, another guy in UCD too. Will he, uh, yeah, he was very poor in the final. Now, he, uh, uh, Eirog had a fell on him, the wing back Lowry, and he, he did a great job on him. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah. A, he was out in front of him all the time yeah. now. But McGarry was very good in the county final. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting. So the betting and this with Paddy Power lads is Bally Bodner one to two favours. I don't see where Paddy Power getting that. Now they don't often get it wrong. Kilku are two to one outsiders. I see this being a good game. I do think Ballyboden are favourites, but they're not. The Kilku mm. aren't two to one outsiders, surely, are they? <laughs> Paddy Power had Tommy Conroy as one to two favourites as well <laughs> for, the, for the Dublin's job. I, I don't like like uh, Collie Baskill is the interesting one. Like he's such a weapon at centre forward, and because he's playing centre forward and taking his man on, it throws the other team off. Like you want your centre back to have that space to be able to hold everything and sort of knit everything together, but you have to follow Baskill because he'll destroy you otherwise. I think yeah, you're right. They're favourites. I don't think they're they're odds on favourites. And I actually, I'm sort of going to go with Kilku just because they come through such a tough run of three games there. Like you know, they beat Maharafel, to beat Derry Gomley. We know Ulster at intercounty and club level is overrated, though, right? <laughs> no, I know, but with <laughs> fairness as well, like uh, three defensive games that they're going to get a bit more problems uh, sort of put to them with Ballyboden. But they've only conceded nine points in each of those three games in Ulster. Two goals against uh, Neve Connell, right enough, but two. Dirty highballs and yeah. I'm joking there, by the way. Slap nail, cross <laughs> McGlen, all those brilliant clubs coming from yeah. Ulster Inter County. I'm not. Just stop defending them. I'm not. I'm not rolling back on that one. So who do who do you fancy then? Who do you think's going to win this? You're going to go for Kilku, are you? Kilku, yeah. Just, I, I, I just don't think there's going to be anything in this at all. I think if you wanted a bit of value, you would go with Kilku at two to one. Um, there's no value, no value in Ballyboden at putting on a tenner to win a fiver. I, I suppose I, I'm, I'm probably torn in in, in my uh, prediction here um, with Bally Bowden. I I think they are such slow starters and that they have been here before. Uh, those two things um, raise the question, will they be hungry enough to get over the line against uh, a Kilku who have given everything over the last number of years and uh, won that maybe 10, 11 uh, down championships over the last maybe 15 years? who are ridiculously hungry to get into an all Ireland final. Um, on Kilku's side, I don't think they have face and attacking, an offensive yeah. outfit. 
so far this season and, and, and Bowden will as Conan has mentioned we've mentioned that they will put a bit of a press on they will try to turn them over um, play good offensive football and uh, try to take their men on so it'll be interesting to see how Kilku will react to that having played and lost against uh, Schlock Neil um, what they're very good at uh, northern teams they can kind of suck you into their style of football they can kind of bog you down and if psychologically you get caught up in that and lose sight of what your specific role is in the team and what they're trying to do game uh, tactically um, I think that's something that Kilku should be able to do I, 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 I actually don't know but <laughs> I'm only I'm going to go with Bowden by maybe a point but um, it's hard it's hard to call this one now No it definitely is Right we'll talk about the second one um, I'm just going to go slightly favouriting Bally Jeez, is it I'll go a draw that's the best thing to do, Jared, when you yeah. can't figure out. Let's just I didn't know we could pick a draw. Sorry. <laughs> Conan <laughs> often does it. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. even puts them in accumulators, yeah, which makes no off. sense whatsoever. Never comes off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right, Corathin Nemo. Like, on paper, this, like, two historical giants of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Nemo are good enough. Like, the last time they played was in Croke Park, which Corathin uh, are just in- sensational in Croke Park. It was 219 to 10 points. That was only two years ago, right? So, like, I mean... That was just a humiliation for Nemo. Mm-hmm. So they will have motivation. They're back again. They will won't lack confidence because they're Nemo Rangers. They've won bloody seventeen. Uh, they've won seventeen Munster titles. I think they have have they ten. Is it ten All Irelands? I, I oh think no, about seven. seven. Maybe the seven, same yeah. as Cross McGlenn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, same as Cross McGlenn. Um, Cora Finn are two to five favourites. Nemo are five to two outsiders. The question here is Corafin kind of struggle against defensive teams. What good team doesn't? They usually do, especially at this time of the year, mm-hmm. Jared. It's very, very hard to break them down. It's very hard to get away from someone. It's very easy to double up on someone because fast players aren't as fast. And the last two county finals in Galway, Mount Bellew, my lock have brought them to a replay and Tune brought them to a replay this year. Moorfield nearly beat them in Tullamore and Moorfield, no disrespect to them, wouldn't be like at Corafin's level. So would Nemo go defensive against them? That wouldn't be in their DNA because they're Nemo Rangers. So I think Nemo will allow Corafin play football. And sure, that's a recipe for disaster. The, I, yeah, you, you can't see uh, Corafin going away from the uh, football philosophy that they have. You know, they're going to try to play the same way and they'll, they'll have faith and they'll have belief in it. Um, the one thing for me going against Corafin is that they have, and again, they are winning these games, they're winning these replays, but they're just struggling over the line, getting uh, um, winning, winning, winning games by a couple of points. Whereas the last couple of seasons they were hockeying a lot of a lot of teams um, on the way to their club final success. Now having hammered Nemo Rangers and remember in watching that game, I, you actually felt bad for the Nemo Rangers yeah. fellas. Like most of those fellas are still involved. But they hammered Slough Nail as well. Yeah. They hammer they hammer Kilmacud Croke. Yeah. They're just now in Croke yeah. Park to a different op- proposition yeah. than a boggy pitch down in Ennis. Yeah. Do you well, know mm. Nemo? Uh, sorry, Cora Finn have probably gotten the favourable draw. I would say based on where they're at at the moment that uh, there isn't a whole lot more in them that question of hunger again comes into play we've seen it uh, with the Hurland Club Championship last year with, with, with Bakula who are trying to go for a three in a row like it's an extremely difficult proposition yeah. uh, to keep club guys going like that um, but again do Nemo have the quality in comparison to what probably Bowden and for me Kilku would have uh, I don't think they have the same quality uh, then again you're up against it you're embarrassed uh, the last day you're going to come out fighting like a dog. They'll come out fighting like and a that, dog. And that can change. And again, the weather in the next couple of days, if it's bad, uh, 
that'll that'll stand in Nemo's favour. Yeah, no, it definitely will. And they want to turn it into a battle. And like they do have quality, like Luke Connolly, um, they have Kerrigan, they have Mark Cronin, who wasn't there two years ago in the final in Croke Park. He was with the Cork under 21s corner forward. And Barry O'Driscoll's a big kind of effective, burly, full mm. forward in your Pat Gilroy mould. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they, they can hurt teams. Yeah, and yeah. I think like it was the semi-final the year they got to the final they beat Schlocknail in Port Leash who were very fancied at the time Schlocknail were going to come back you know and get back into the final I wouldn't rule Nemo completely out of it you know because mm. the year Kilmacut or the year Dr. Crokes beat Corrafin I hadn't. I didn't give them a chance down in the Gaelic grounds against Corrafin, against Corrafin. You know, it is like Jar said. They're going for three in a row. This is unprecedented. Yeah, yeah I like the semi-final angle that you're coming at as well because Corrafin. I think if they're playing Nemo in the crew park, it's just forget about it. It's game yeah. over. I think Corrafin versus Ballyboden in the final is the one you want to see because Ballyboden destroyed Casabar Mitchell's in Croke. They're a Croke, maybe potentially yeah. a Croke Park team too. Yeah, that, you know that could be a great final. Is it is it hard for Nemo to f- come out and fight like a dog though when they haven't had to fight like a dog yet? They had a non-event against Austin Stacks and then you know a handy one against Connor. Well, they, they, they had a big scare against the Limerick champions. Actually, they only beat them by. Jesus, I forgot about yeah, that one. I yeah, was thinking they've had two games. He gets through here. All right, yeah. we'll just like let's <laughs> scratch that off. Yeah, but I know what you mean though. Like I mean, what like. I, I take your point. Yeah, and they, have, they, they haven't had a sort of go to the well and like you know just yeah I don't know like just sort of face going out like you know and having to do something different and like scrap for every like little inches underdogs now they're coming up against Corrafin is what they have to do. Yeah, I, I just don't know if they're if they're capable of doing it, especially if they're going to be all guns blazing attack. Yeah, <laughs> one place Corrafin because when you think about Corrafin, you think about the Farahers, you think about Ian Burke. You think about Lundy, like Lundy, Lundy the year the beat G in the semi-final, he pl- played against Slocknail, he was unmarkable in the final. I think he got man of the match against G in the semi mm. and then man of the match in the final and he was captain. He's not really their main man now, it's Maureen Burke and the, and the Farahers, Gary Sice, unbelievable club player what he's done. But their midfield, Dottie Burke and Ronan Steed, like that's probably the most underrated. They are machines. They're <laughs> two machines. And that was the midfield against those a couple of years Still, ago. Still, from well. midfield up, I don't think they've changed in the no, last five years. Very little years. Change, uh, changes there and again with Lundy maybe not doing as much damage as the previous seasons they've so much quality in their forward line that other guys are stepping up and probably Liam Silk from corner back again Liam another UCD guy I know well like he's popping up uh, kicking a couple of uh, outrageous goals um, drifting in behind the pack defences and uh, What's his best position? Oh, that's a good question I think as a corner back coming out the field like a Philly McMahon role yeah. if, against the defensive team. Yeah, yeah. Cornerback. Yeah. yeah. He's very clever, uh, Liam, and he, he kind of knows when to go and, he, and, and he's good at reading the play and he knows when to fill in a hole or, or, or cover right. for somebody. He's just a, a well around the player. A bit like Darren O'Reilly, probably with, with, with Bally Bowden. He goes about his business nice and quietly. Okay. But then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, you're looking at who had a decent game. You're like, geez, your man had a great game. Liam Silk is. is, is uh, and, and Darren as well is getting a couple of goals as well by sneaking in behind the fences, you know. So, so. could he be wing forward then and just play that role? Could do that kind of ghosting around the field. Because yeah. when, when he came on the scene first, he marked Dermot, that Dermot Connolly in that semi final. And yeah. I was thinking, this lad's. Uh, this lad is a man marker mm. it took me a while to realise here he's not actually <laughs> he can play less, football he can too. play he's a footballer yeah, yeah. he's more of a footballer than a man marker yeah no he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a well around individual and it's, it's it's give him a task and uh, he, he, he'll, he'll go out to carry it uh, carry it through as best he can um, again it's hard to uh, the best thing going for Nemo well there's two things going for, for, for them uh, the quality of the pitch in terms of the wet weather and the fact he got a hiding a couple of seasons ago that you know as an individual, we've all gotten hidings against teams. You're playing the next season. Yeah. Well, 
affect this it's not going to happen again and and what drives me mad is when players are interviewed and say well revenge really, mm. we're not thinking of revenge of course you're bloody thinking of revenge, revenge that's the yeah. whole motivation yeah. Where, what, like, what are Cora Finn going to be saying they're going to be saying in the dressing room lads you have to be careful now because these lads are wounded and we have to get to their oh. level and I've heard when you're playing with Port Leash especially in the Leash Championship you're hearing these let's match there mm. and you're hearing it yeah. but the ball is thrown in and they're like geez, these lads are fairly hungry now <laughs> you know yeah. it's yeah. hard to get to that pitch without that natural motivation that doesn't get you to the pitch either saying that those boys are really up for it look they're, they're going to be mad for it they're going to hit you they're going to like you know it's not the what, same no. what are we going to do yeah. <laughs> it's just like telling you what the other team's going to yeah. do like. a lot of when you're the better team and you know Jer the speeches are more like our football will win through but we need to match their aggression you know, and that makes sense. Simple, yeah. But you just, it, that's not really the kind of rad kind of thing you want. You know, it there's, doesn't get you going. Now. There's, there's different things motivate different guys and there's elements of, um, as, a, as, a, as a defensive unit, we're trying to hit X amount of tackles or whatever or concede X amount of scoreboard freeze. Yeah. So that's what we're going out to try to achieve. And those targets. Time, those targets. When you're playing for Dublin, uh, certainly during my years, I, I knew there's two or three fellas behind me uh, ready to come in at, at, at the first slip. So that actually nearly drove me on uh, most of the time and the more than yourselves playing at the county level. Yeah. When you're playing the club, if you're established, it's a bit different. You're playing for, for the parish, you are playing for family members and you have to draw some sort of inspiration from a, from a higher being or a higher purpose while trying to achieve those, um, uh, the goals and targets you do set out. But uh, it's, it, it's, it's the annual challenge, the, the, the sports psychology that probably comes into it. And it's about as an individual, I guess the older you get, the more you realise uh, what motivates you. And for me, the, the bit of revenge was a big thing for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and then playing against the Ballymun and the Fina because they were right beside us in club championship. Great fellas. The local rivalry, yeah. Uh, but you were going to do what you had to do to <laughs> try to go over the line. Yeah. But, uh, so different things motivate different people. Cora Finn are playing a team. They don't play too often. They bet them quite well the last day. What can motivate them? Three in a row. Yeah, that's probably that's what, what it thinking, is. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. even a reminder of the Dr. Croak's loss. Do you mm. know that kind of thing? Yeah. I don't know, because they're, they're going to have to try and lean on something. Yeah. But maybe the three in a row is... But then again, teams always say, oh, we're not thinking of the three in a row. You know, that we're taking one game at a time. Mm. If you start looking too far, all these things. But anyways, yeah. it's hard to know. We'll get predictions here, lads. I'd, I'd say we'll probably all be going for Corrafin here. It's hard to look past them, isn't it? Yeah. Corrafin for me. Corrafin. Yeah, I'll go for Corrafin as well. Right, listen, that's it for the football part of the show. We'll be back in a second with Cheddar. Yeah, we, I, we do. Yeah, we have a farm back home, so we have, we have a big farm back home, and we have, we have uh, cattle and sheep, and we have a few donkeys as well. So, um, we had a couple of filly donkeys. Uh, so I brought them down, and so we did actually sold them to. Uh, I think we had four donkeys on the day, and we sold them to a man from Wexford. So we did. So there's there's the piebald donkeys so there, and there's the, the <laughs> traditional donkey, and there's the, the Spanish donkey, and then there's the, the Spanish donkey. Yeah, you see you see them on the on the beaches never and so um, yeah you can actually one time one time the the donkey was useless right? but now some people have started to get back into them because you can use them for headage and uh, it's used towards your would say your bonuses your glance a donkey a donkey in Eden a donkey in Eden Palace Cheddar, welcome back to the show. It's been a long time no see. 
Thanks, Wally. How was the Christmas and all now? You didn't eat too much turkey? Um, no, uh, but uh, I think I might have wintered well already. But I think, Wally, uh, I do summer well and winter well, to be honest, because <laughs> oh, the seasons don't make much difference to me. Come here, since the last time I talked to you, you kept this all on the down low, by the way, Cheddar. <laughs> the whole way through last year, you were a cl- you were going under the radar as James Stevens' manager. You said nothing to no one. And all of a sudden, you're in a county final against Bally Hill Shamrocks. I knew I was going to get nailed at that at some stage, <laughs> Wally. Um, I was... Uh, I, I was surprised that you didn't nail me on that earlier on to be honest with you um, incidentally my friend uh, Seamus Dwyer uh, and myself were probably working together and that she, she, you know Seamus was probably offered more to James Stevens um, in 2019 maybe than I did um, but yeah look I, I, I suppose I sort of took a year out before that um, I was doing a bit of rooting around the house and that and um, and I went in with the village in 2019 um, I look at her an iconic club um, you know a fantastic club very very well run club um, fantastic group of players. Um, having said that, we started off, I suppose, in April. You know, you know, the Kenny Championship is savagely competitive. Um, uh, we actually lost our first two games. It's a league championship down there. Incidentally, yeah. you know, other counties could look at the way Kilkenny do their business in, in, in the sense of the way they run their competitions and that. Um, but we got on a bit of a run after that and um, I think we maybe won five or six matches in a row and sort of snuck into a county final. Um, but we're, we're just disappointed didn't perform on the day didn't do ourselves justice on the day and, and didn't perform and, and uh, Shamrocks uh, turned us over on the day um, but you know I, I think there was a you know a lot of work done you know very very, very good club obviously very very good panel of players um, great culture about hurling but that's probably it's the same in every club in Kilkenny there's you know there's some surprising things that you see in Kilkenny and one of the things that you see is um, you know every club even the smallest rural club will have a panel of 40 and you know that'll be on that'll be actually on the panel on the program on the day. It just tells you the strength and depth, and that's just twelve senior clubs. You'll see the very very same thing in the intermediate championship and the junior championship. They'll have a phenomenal amount of players, and of course they'll have a huge high quality of players in all of them. So, um, look, it doesn't come as a surprise the success of Kilkenny County when you see, um, I suppose, what's going on in the foundations of the game in the county and the, and the way it's run. There's no surprise that they have the success at the top level. Yeah, no, they definitely do. You had Portlaoise. Uh, uh Supporters cheering for James Stevens. I was up at a at the league final with Leash and Westmead, and I think you'd, you were after losing the first game, and there was Port Leash lads, and they were all on the phones. Did James Stevens win today? They were waiting for the waiting for the train. Actually, the day of the final, I think we had nearly a Leash supporters club there for for the village, and even on the day of the final. But anyway, um, we didn't give him enough to cheer about on that day, I suppose. Yeah, unfortunately, the match before you was obviously Tommy Walsh, um, his Tullerone. Like I, I was saying on the show, the way all the talk about Tullerone was. I swear they were in intermediate for 20 years it was only four years but they couldn't get back out of it and there were some great scenes unusual for in a county not to have the minor before the senior the intermediate was before the senior child. Yeah, uh, mind you I've been at a lot of Kilkenny County finals over the years you know if it wasn't a match in Leeds or something like that um, I'd, I'd probably end up in Kilkenny seeing the Kilkenny County final and, and there's probably a couple of times there's been, certainly been a good number of times when the minor final wasn't played before, it was played on a separate day and that. But anyway, in this on that day, the intermediate final was played before the senior final. Um, Tullerone played uh, Thomastown. Uh, there was an actual, I think there was nine or 10,000 people at the final. Like, it was an, even a bigger crowd than normal. And, you know, probably some of that had to do with that. And some of that, you know, you mentioned Tommy. Some of that had to do with Tommy. He's an yeah. iconic player, um, even in Kilkenny. And that's some statement to make. Um, he was actually playing full forward that day. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people um, went into Nolan Park just to see him that day. And I know a lot of people went from other counties just to, to see him. You know, he has that effect on people that, he, you know, he's able to make people follow him as a player. 
But don't underestimate Tullerone, uh, uh, Wooly. I think Tullerone, I'm pretty sure, they, they definitely have the record of the number of counties. Senior, I'm talking about Oh, now, they're way ahead, yeah. County. Well, they're not they that far ahead. I, I think there might be, might, might be 19 or 20, and obviously Shamrocks um, have them in their sights now. Yeah. Um, you know, and that may very well be what's driving on Tullerone to go senior again in, in, in this year, in 2020. Um, but look, they, they, have a, they have some team, you know, they, they have uh, Tommy Jr., um, the younger Tommy in the back line, um, and Tommy's brother and, and Shane and uh, Rossi Kyo and um, you know they're, they're, they're a serious serious team serious spiner how about maybe four or five uh, Kilkenny senior panellists on that team and they're an intermediate team who had to fight tooth and nail to try and win that and I'm just going back to that point that you were probably have another 12 teams at intermediate level in Kilkenny that are fighting tooth and nail just to go senior and, and you know just think about that for a minute you know, considering Tullerone's history and, you know, they had iconic players in their time. Larry Maher was a Tullerone player, player, player in his time. And yet they were fighting tooth and nail just to win an intermediate to go senior. You know, the, the, the modesty yeah. of the club and the modesty of the players um, is something to behold in terms of the way they approach winning and what it means to them and what hurling means to them. And, you know, the winning of Tullerone winning this year was, was, you know, a real case in point around that. It was. It definitely was. Like, I mean, Tommy, Tommy's just, he's a fan's favourite for anyone. Anyone I, I, that doesn't I, love Tommy Walsh, there's no, something wrong is, with him uh, as regards. I, I'd say that, um, Wally, he's, a, he's, um, he's, he's an incredible man and an infectious man um, I don't know what he is I, I'll, I'll be kind to him he's in his mid-30s at the minute he's probably has more energy about him now than a whole pile of county senior players at the minute um, and even if you were talking to him you just you just get the impression that he's ready to pull on the boots and tear out into the field there and tear into somebody again um, you know so he, he is you know he's not just a fan's favourite for nothing he yeah. plays and he lives the way you see him his public persona is his sports persona and vice versa and um, that's why he's loved so much I think yeah no I completely agree kind of the another big player that caught the eye a few more talking points there that probably have caught the eye in the club championship since the last time I talked to you Desi Hutchinson what an exciting player this fella is. Now, I know Ballygunner lost the final to Boris Lee, and we'll talk a bit about Boris Lee, obviously, when we look forward to the games. But geez, he's really stood out, didn't he? Like, I mean, in the games that are on television, just unbelievable movement, and he's well yeah. able to finish then as well. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. There's a couple of points about that, uh, Willie, really, I suppose. Um, I think you'll see a lot more of that type of play, you know, that type of mobility around the forward line where your your score creation and your space creation is about, you know, your mobility and I suppose mobility before the ball comes in. And I would also say that probably the way Ballygunner play, um, you know, suits Desi's way of playing as well. So yeah. he fits in perfectly into their team. Um, and, and look, he's a very, very exciting player and obviously he got a great le- level of fitness and all of that. But he always was that. Um, you know, there's I, I just see a lot of uh, media articles about, about him coming back from soccer. He always was um, you know, a very, very skilled player, and that this is just he—he he just hasn't, you know, bought this off the shelf and turned yeah. and turned out. He on played the field under sixteen for Waterford with a, a lot yeah. of those lads. That yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so, so and look, he'll be, uh, you know, now stepping into county is very different, Wooly, obviously, and and the you know the I suppose focus on you and particularly the type of player that he is will be much much tighter. He'll be marked much tighter, um, or the system will mark much tighter, or whatever. May not have as much space, and obviously we'll be playing against maybe more quality players than that. Um, so he will be tested at county le- level but nonetheless he's a fantastic addition to Waterford that they didn't think they would have I'd say at the start of the year Yeah he's uh, he's going to be needed in Waterford because Liam Cal has uh, wasted no time anyways he's dropped Noel, Noel O'Connor and he dropped Morris Shanahan um, from, from his panel before he even started 
Yeah, no, I, I was surprised by that. Noli, Noli was captain last year and, yeah. and um, you know, was a, a, a nail-on cert for the team. Um, but look, we don't know the issues there. Um, you know, there may be some issues there that we don't know about. I would be very surprised if Liam went in there and just made a judicious decision like that just to drop two people to prove a point. There, there, there must have been something there that we don't know about and we're just going to have to accept that. And it may very well be that just the, the players have gone soft and, and, you know, don't have that real anger and hunger anymore. It may be just something simple as that. But if the decision was made without something behind it and without something to back it up, um, well, you know, then those type of things can come back and bite you after a while. If everybody accepts that, you know, this was justified and so on, so on, even though the players themselves would be savagely disappointed about it, um, then I think it's okay, you know, to things move on. And obviously, if Watford move on and win matches and you get momentum behind you, you know, the, the whole show moves on with you then. Um, but, you know, I suppose my just comment on it really is, um, that we don't know. There may be something in the background that we don't know about. Yeah. What did you make of Paddy the Cock, the Boris Lee uh, mascot <laughs> being thrown out in the field? Are you a fan of mascots? I I thought it was great. It added a bit of theatre to the whole thing. I know. I, I, I think it's great fun. Um, uh, actually, Surprised there's not more. No, mascots. actually, would you credit it? Willie, you should remember this. Leash had that. And, I meant, uh, no, I mentioned it on the show the following you? week. I forgot. Yeah. The, the, the Monday we were talking about yeah. it, I completely forgot about this until yeah. someone reminded me. It was in Parnell Park against Cross McGlenn. Yeah, I can. I, I can. a lad from Rosenalis, wasn't it? Used to try oh, and the There was a chap from out near my own country who used to do it as well. I remember being in Tullamore one day when. when uh, um, look, I, I, I think. You need to just be very careful here, first of all, um, and particularly when you're looking at animals and all of that. And I don't want to get too deep into this, but um, I think if people are looking after the animals and you're not uh, um, doing any harm or anything like that, I think, you know, it's okay. Um, I think it would be worthwhile, um, you know, getting some organisations just to double check that this is all right. Um, I suppose there's not a huge amount of difference. I mean, you see it every day walking down the street here, you see somebody with a, a bit of a chihuahua sticking out the side of the bag or the backpack or something <laughs> like that. I mean, what's different than that, yeah. I suppose. But I, I would just maybe urge a small little bit of caution without being, you know, real serious about it just double check that that uh, we're not doing any harm to animals or in these yeah. type of situations that doesn't look like there's I, any I, I harm I don't think it. so I mean if you were to compare that I mean what's the difference between horse racing for example and something like that yeah. um, you know the horses obviously weren't built to be carrying guys on their back or anything like that they may be built for it but they certainly weren't uh, originally designed for it no, they're not um, to, now we're not advising no. letting horses out on the field I know, but, no, no, no but I'm just making the point Wooly <laughs> um, I, I, I think I think we can enjoy some things like that uh, but just be careful but incidentally I do think Wooly um, that Leash County Board might have actually stopped that they back did. then because they were just because of the concerns that they had and I can understand that as well, well Let, was let's just let, be careful he was letting it out on the field during the match which yeah. is a different thing Boris yeah. do it as a bit of a theatre before the game and the, me- yes. pre- the the presentation of the cup, he's there, which yeah. is fine. But yes. just launching it out in the field like a wild animal probably isn't. Yeah, isn't no, I, I think. Look, just be careful. Um, there's a couple of organisations around that you can actually double check without going into the you know the real animal rights things and all of these type of things. I mean, some of the stuff and that is a little bit too far the other way. Um, just be careful about these things that you're not doing any harm or you're not frightening the animal or something like that. And if it's a bit if it's a bit of fun in that context, um, I think it brings you know a great bit of crack and, and a little bit of community unity spirit and that to the thing to the thing as well. Yeah. So before Limerick played Kilkenny in the All Ireland semi final, they were All Ireland champions, they were followed up with league champions, and they were Munster champions, destroying Tipperary in the final. Since then they have lost the All Ireland semi final in controversial circumstances, really they probably should have drawn drawn that as it turns out. 
Then Patrick Swell, who won the county title, were hammered by Ballygunner. Then we have videos surfacing of players videoing each other. One was a fight in New York and another one was another one with Shane Dowling and Peter Casey, who's um, cleared his name since then. They've, they have had to uh, cancel their medal presentation. They've shut up shop. John <laughs> Kiley, like, I don't know John Kiley well, but he, I, t- I would say he's a very, very, very pissed off man considering the <clears throat> perception he wanted of Limerick. And maybe that's kind of gone a little bit now. Is that too harsh? Um, I know it is, Willie, yeah. No, I think there's a couple of things here that we, again, I just urge caution here in these things. Mentioning Peter Casey when he's claimed, clear, cleared his name, Willie, is not on. And I, I'd say all media people should just stop that now. It either is or it isn't. And I think he cleared his name on it. Let's not mention it anymore because we keep mentioning throwing off mud, eventually mud will stick to yeah. the wall. And um, he was brilliant, uh, incidentally, <coughs> in the county final against Patrick Swell. He scored yeah. six points for And has been, has been for a number of years, even moving straight through schools into Fitzgibbon and on the county teams but uh, the, the point I'm making is a little bit different than that it's not performance it's to do with a man's personal life and yeah. so on and so on um, I think the other thing is the, the players in, this, in, this, in discipline um, look it's a little bit surprising um, and maybe a little bit disappointing but you know let's not all of us be sanctimonious here about it it has happened in a huge amount of panels except that most of it just 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 doesn't hit the media yeah. like that. Um, I would be very surprised if John doesn't handle that very well. Um, and I think it will be handled well and it'll be handled in-house and, and that. And that there'll be details for the panel and for the management team themselves. And you're not going to hear about that. But I'll be surprised if it isn't handled well. Um, and I'd just probably say that, look, if it wasn't, and if there was a, a sort of a, a residual impact on the panel here or something like that, look, that would hurt you in the following year. It's so difficult, obviously, to win all Ireland's And just take Limerick, they're a... They're a a massive hurling county and they didn't win one since you know that that year was their first since 1973 it just tells you how hard and difficult it, it is to win and you do need t- all things going right but you know you've got to take it on the chin as well you've got 40 young 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 people in a panel or something like that you know nothing's going to be perfect here and yeah. maybe it's a test of your character maybe it's a test of the Limerick panel's character and management's character how to handle this and how to come out the other side and I suspect they'll come out the other side um, the, the better for it um, and I, I think you know I think what would be no, no more than any walk of life, Willie. What's really helping this, if people stand up and be counted and put their hand up and say, look, I did wrong, it won't happen again. Of course, if it did happen again, now it's disciplinary at that stage and you've got to do something about yeah. it. Um, so I, I, just as a closing point on that, I suppose, um, look, there are high stakes here and everything, really, and this is very, very high high stakes stuff. And indiscipline in a panel, you know, it can be hurtful. Um, the, thing, the thing about the indiscipline, Cheddar, like, Jesus Christ, they're over in New York and one of the lads got into a straightener with some lad. Mm. Like, Christ Almighty, how many teams have we been involved in that? that to yeah. me, that's not shocking. Yeah. The shocking yeah. thing is one of his teammates' video. I know, that, was, that was stupidity uh, of it, the highest order. It was a little bit foolish. Um, but, you know, that be, may be me commenting on that because of the age I'm at. Well, um, I, I'm a bit younger, and I still t- I think it's stupid too. But I know, I'm, not, I, I'm not obsessed with video and things. I'm I'm probably a yeah. little bit generation ahead of that as well. I know it isn't bully, but I can guarantee you, you walk down the street outside the studio here, and something happens. I can guarantee you, left fifteen or twenty people will video it on a on a on a, a mobile phone for you, and it'll be around the place. Yeah. I, I take her point. It is when well, that's the point I'm making. I mean, I'm not even going to mention players here. Assuming he went into the panel and, and apologised for his actions and that, and just closed it. Look, that's it. I was bloody silly. I done a stupid thing here, and uh, I promise it won't happen again. Um, but look, I, I suppose I'm just talking in general here. 
In a panel, you are always trying to um, enforce high standards. There is no difference in um, uh, players' high standards in performance in terms of a 10 and the 1K run or the 1.2K run or whatever, or the yo-yo test or something like that, and what's, what happens out in the street. In my view, you're always a county player. Um, and, you know, you can you can just think for a minute what another county manager of note how would have handled that, um, you know. so. But on the, other, on the flip side of that, um, you know, people make mistakes. Um, you know, was it so harmful and so grievous that, you know, somebody got badly hurt. Now, actually, in this instance, that might have happened, but it didn't. And I, I just think that Limerick County, Limerick management will handle that and uh, keep it, just close the, close the shop on it. But it, it does need to be sorted within the panel and yeah. there needs to be no sort of um, fallout from it. I think that in the area, the era of mobile phones like that, the <coughs> onus is on county players more than ever, like you said, to be county players on yeah. and off the field. Because if you make a slip up, yeah. You're going, you know what I mean? You're in trouble I, know, I, and that's I, I, it. I would always say that, William. I would say that any teams I'm involved with. Um, Down through the years, that wasn't always the case, Cheddar. I think I think the current inter-county players now are more ambassadors yes. for the county yeah, than they I used to be. Yeah. Well, look, just think for a minute. You're representing, first of all, yourself. You're representing your family and and uh, the people around you. You know, there, there are consequences here in terms of the way people see you and the way people regard you. And it is very, very difficult to lose that. And that's why I'm not going to mention the previous case because I don't want to associate a name with it. But we kind of throw around things there um, if clearly if they didn't happen because, you know, you're nearly guilty by association. So there are responsibilities and accountabilities on county players now. And, you know, we kind of just throw away and say, ah, well, you know, they need some bit of freedom and all of that. No more than managers or no more than anybody involved in the GA no more than county board people or anything like that um, you know we, we have responsibilities to ourselves to our families to our friends to our clubs to our county and you know it doesn't need to break our back to uphold those standards and those responsibilities because they are important in the dressing room Yeah no exactly I wanted to ask you about Michael Deiglin quickly will a, a non-administrator going in as county chairman I'm very interested to see how this pans mm. out I hope it pans out well I'm sure he'll shake it up a little bit what's your thoughts on that Cheddar? Yeah it's a huge change and I'm absolutely is that media haven't picked up on this more, will it, to be honest with you. I'm not so sure that I can remember such a sea change at county board level by people that may not have been seen. They may be, I mean, all the people involved here are heavily involved at club level. It's not as if somebody has been floated in yeah, yeah. from outside the GA and all that, but they have been involved at the county board level. Um, and there's a complete sea change in Offaly County Board. And I'm absolutely amazed that, that media have picked up on this, that this was, this, you know, county boards and what has been happening at county boards where there's nearly musical chairs going on from year to year. That's yeah. the piece that really annoys me. Um, and if you, I suppose I'm backing up county managers on that here. If you have um, criteria to be a county manager and you're interviewed based on those criteria, well, surely the same, you require the same skill sets to do a job at county board level and so on and so on. I fully accept his volunteerism. So are county managers, by the way. Um, and, and uh, you know, so... Most I, of them. Ah, uh, well, look, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say the majority of them, will be, you know, if I've said this on the show before, um, um, but this thing of musical chairs, you're, you know, you're moving around, you know, you have about, after maybe six or seven years, you've done five or six different positions. Yeah. Um, clearly, you want to be an, a fair man out of the skill sets to do all of them is all I'll say. Um, so this seems to have been a big change. And, you know, it's been a group change, I'd say, Woolly. And look, it might sow the seeds for, for you know, more regular change at county board level. Exactly. And, and, and refreshing. But I, I'll say, Woolly, as well on, on that, that, if a county board is functioning very well, 
um, no more than a county management team or any other management team, then there's no need to change things. If people are really doing a great job, I, I'm never a great fan of this thing, oh, you need freshness and all of that. No, you don't need freshness. You need people to do the job better. If that's a new person coming in, great. Um, so I, I do think, though, that that musical chairs just hasn't served county boards well and has given county boards a poor name, to be honest with you. You know, people that serve on it. And bear in mind, all of these people are volunteers. You know, you've got to give them great credit. I just think in the general round of things, this is a sea change. I think it might happen in an awful lot of other counties from here on in. And I think, you know, Michael might have lit a fire on this. He definitely um, might. But, but awfully probably Best did need that, Willie. Yeah, awfully probably did, did, did need that. You know, their whole... Structure and and I suppose the the the, cre- the crucial thing really is the belief in the awfully genuine awfully supporters and all awfully supporters not just genuine genuine all awfully supporters in that we're doing the right things here to make ourselves great again and bear in mind their success in the last thirty or forty years um, in football and in hurling didn't seem to be of the right thing and the right magnitude to get them back up there again um, and I think you know it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years whether Michael turns that around and I'd only say success for Michael and awfully would be putting the right structures in place at development level and at nursery level and all of those things to ensure that there's a sufficient volume of quality players available to Offaly senior teams again. That to me is success for Offaly. Yeah, yeah, and come through with a few good underage teams like Wexford yeah. and get yes, competitive absolutely. like Wexford and be back yeah. in that mix again, yeah. I suppose. And, that, and that's a period. That's not going to happen over no, a year, no. uh, Wooly. No. Come here, just before we get into the matches, the smart slitter. What did you think of that one? I'm surprised it's not in before, uh, Woolly, and I don't know enough uh, of the technical details on it to really offer a, a proper opinion on it. Um, but if there's technology in this litter and there's technology on the goalpost and the sidelines, and I look look yeah. where technology has gone now, I'm just amazed that this hasn't been in in before this. But if if that's there to make good decisions based on things, and even yeah, it's a lot cheaper than Hawkeye to run as I well. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. And I know. I think so. I, I would think so. I mean, look at. You know some of the some of the stuff that's coming out now for smart cities like Dublin and some of the stuff that people are talking about now. Um, it's it's phenomenal what's yeah. going to happen in the next ten or fifteen or twenty years. Um, so I'm surprised that that hasn't happened. So I, I, I think this was what about mixed. the colour. Some people yeah, no, I was, gonna, I was just going to say that, Willie. I, I was just going to say that. I think most of the focus was on the colour rather than on you know the the, the technology and the the, the the smart information that you can get out of this later. What will be really interesting is though. Even from a management's point of view, um, and from particularly stats people and all of that, will you be able to glean more inform- information out of the, the the flight of the ball and where it where it was and all of that, and ally that then to video technology and all of that? I, I'd be very very in- enthusiastic about you know where that might go, and and then when you're looking at an All Ireland or you're looking at Leinster, Leinster final, and you have analysts you know producing stats on this that you know that just cannot be contradicted as such. I think yeah. that could be. Very I'd imagine they should be able to 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 track the speed of the ball. Yes. then right yeah. for penalties yes. and stuff yeah. which I yeah. think is that's, just that's an, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. an extra element yeah. as well which is nice I have yeah. no problem with yellow I made the point here Cheddar tennis balls are yellow if you mm. were to change tennis balls to white how stupid would that look everyone's worried because it's different than what they're used to yeah. do you I, know I, what I mean I, I, there's nothing wrong with the yellow no, I don't have a difficulty with golf balls and that's them, but I don't have a difficulty with the colour um I'm not so sure that you'll see it any better. I think people are saying, oh, you'll see the yellow uh, uh, better. I don't think you would, to be honest with you. But look, I, I don't have a difficulty. But, yeah. You know, I, I think whether it's whatever colour it is. Once the players can see it, and, you know, obviously they're the, they're the key people here. Other, other than that, I don't, I don't have a difficulty with colour. Yeah, exactly. Right, we want to get into this one first, uh, St. Thomas's versus Boris Lee, because this is closer in the betting. Ballyhale Shamrocks <coughs> are very, very uh, strong favourites to beat Slocknail. We'll, we'll talk about this. This is on Sunday at 4pm, on Sunday the 5th. 
Um, Boris Lee really are the story of the club championship for me. Um, mm. In because Bally Hill obviously win it. Thomas's are representing Slock Naylor often winning. They've won three three of the last four Ulsters. So there's nothing new with the other three. It's all about Boris Lee coming through um, Tipperary first for the first time since '88. I think they won the All Ireland club back then. '86, I think. Well, yeah. Maybe '86, yeah. and then they they were beaten well in the North Tipperary final, and then mm. they come back and win the final, beat Bally Gunner in a great final like a terrible mm. day but a proper club final do you know what I mean the, and I think Johnny Kelly their manager like you know tactically that day leaving the two big men inside and driving ball in on top of them it was it was old school but it bloody yeah. worked against Ballygunner um, yeah incidentally um, I disagree with you Willie. I think I think Slock Neil are still the team here and certainly if they were to perform um, against Shamrocks and and uh, win against Shamrocks, I think that would you would change your view on that, and I, we might come back and talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Lee are they're incredible. It's very interesting, actually, Willie. The four clubs are quite rural clubs, but there's there's definitely certainly some common denominators in all of them. Um, the nursery structure or the underage structure is very very good in Ireland but actually they're all very rural clubs as yeah, well. Yeah they are actually yeah. And it's interesting that three of the clubs um, and I'm not downgrading Derry Hurling here but three of the clubs have come have come through probably the most competitive county championships that are going you know so you know it sort of speaks up that you know when, when you play at a very very high level all through the summer well you just carry that performance through. Um, back to Boris Lee. Bursley are regarded in Tipperary as, um, you know, a serious, serious hurling outfit, probably on a par with Sarsfields, even though Sarsfields by far more, and, and Toome, even though both of those are by far more county championships than Boris have. And and, and uh, um, it's actually Boris E. Lee as well. I need to check you on that. It's not Boris O'Lee. Yeah, it I rolls off the tongue easier, it Boris O'Lee, doesn't tongue. it? I think they're actually two different, um, just two different areas, you know, within the parish there. But anyway... Um, but even going back to, you know, 40s and 50s, they had the Kennys and that. I see a number of them on it already um, at the moment as well. And, and uh, you know, looking through the 60s, you know, they had a Devaney on it who was an iconic player, Liam Devaney, an iconic player in Tipperary Hurling um, and that. But in Tipperary... But that's his son on it now, James Devaney. James Devaney, yeah. In Tipperary, they're, they're, they're sort of regarded as royalty in hurling, that they always play a very, very good brand of hurling. You know, if you want to play the other way, they'll play that with you as well. Um, and... And um, even though they may not have a huge amount of county championships, but they're regarded very, very highly in Tipperary in a county that has 20 or 30 very, very strong clubs. Um, so it's actually surprising that it's, it's 33 years, I think, since they won the county. Now, I know they've won a couple of North championships, which in itself is a savage, hard championship to win. Um, uh, you know, so they've had success maybe under the radar in Tipperary that, you know, people outside of the county mightn't see. Um, and I think it's interesting that you know, like a lot of the teams here, they have a good spine um, up the middle. They've, you know, Paddy Staplin, Brendan Maher, Dan McCorgham in the mid- in the middle of the field, um, two Kennys on the on the half hour. And actually, it's interesting that Connor Kenny was originally, um, I think, it was a Selbridge player yeah, until they yeah. played County with Clare. Now, obviously, the Kenny name and all his relations are are are. Boris Lee legends as such um, and you have some young players there including the player you mentioned James Devaney who was a fantastic Tipperary minor in 2018 um, you know who 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 they're not going to be knocked easily off of this and it's, it's going to be a, a you know a very 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 close game um, and you know just think of their championship they've come out of Tipperary which is very very difficult to win and then they went down okay to beat the Glen um, 
you know, maybe the Glenworthan County champions, and sometimes it's just hard to get that, yeah. you know, that mojo right about but you. They beat them the week win. after winning their first they county did. title in a long time. So they, they did, did well, along with that. the cock and all. Um, <laughs> but but their win against Ballygunner, I just said to myself, look, if Ballygunner are ever going to do it, you know, they're going to do it this year. Um, and you know, I know it was a tight game, and they, they sort of snuck out in the end. But but that's Burris a leaf, are you? They will grind and grind and grind. Um, and you know they'll hurl their way through the match, and eventually they, they pushed out. I think it was a pint or two in at the end, or maybe one pint in at the end. I think they scored the last pint. I think maybe Brendan Maher scored the last pint in that game. So they have, you know, they have history. Um, they have the other thing that they have that all of these teams have is a huge community involvement. The, the club is the centre of the community. I'd probably say in four of these te- in these four teams, and it's interesting. And um, you know, I think clubs should look at that. Um, you know, it's interesting. These things don't just happen by chance. We that's something, and I, I talk about this on the show all the time, Cheddar. We're Portlaoise club, which is a big town. We can never even understand what it's like to be in a small little club like that, and the whole community, like the GA community in Portlaoise, would be small and it would be spread around. You know, you wouldn't mm. have that central hub, and you you just can't recreate what they have, can you? Like town. I, I disagree with that, Willie. Um, I, I, I just think that we don't do it. Um, you know, what community initiatives does our club do? Or are most big town clubs, I'm not, not being overly critical of Port Leisure Club here. You can look at a whole pile of clubs here. Um, and I can certainly remember our, our club uh, going back probably before your time when it was m- more um, uh, community-centred. Um, I think that big town clubs, uh, they, they, they just lose that sense of identity and they don't try to actually get it back. And yeah. there's so many initiatives that you could do to make your club the centre of a town or a community. I think size makes no difference to it, to be honest with you. And I think if you have success, it should be much easier to do that, to get people behind you and all of that. Uh, we simply take our eye off the ball. That's the only reason that I can see, Willie, to be honest with you. Right, OK. Yeah, but sometimes you would look a little bit enviously at the, the community spirit that the small clubs have. I do take around, I think Portlaoise losing its clubhouse and its bar probably doesn't mm-hmm. help, you know, where mm-hmm. you would all go in after a match and that yeah. now there isn't there isn't that but we won't we won't bring an All-Ireland semi-final preview into talking about our own club cheddar but that's it so Borussia like you mentioned they have a huge they have a brilliant spine and then they have Kevin Maher and James Devaney who are still in school yeah. Brian yes. Carroll teach, is, teaches yes. them in school and you have Jerry Kelly I don't know what you think of Jerry Kelly I'm a huge fan of his he's only a year older than those two fellas who are in yeah. school but he's a huge yeah. kind of big fella who's yeah. a you know a great can, a battling kind yeah, of you can use him as a target man and yeah. work the players off him and that so um, they're a team I like Boris Ali. like I don't know what it is about St Thomas's. they've come back from being destroyed with Ballyhill yeah. Shamrocks to win a tough championship Yes, it's just that hammering by Bally, Ballyhill Shamrocks last year I don't know like I mean I don't know how they came back number one. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. Is that just such an off day that they cheddar that they're nowhere near, you know, as poor as that? I don't think they are. Like, I yeah. mean, they've won an All yeah. Ireland club. But at the same time, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be favouring towards Boris Lee. Just the fact that Thomas's. I, unless Thomas is just want to get back at Ballyhill Shamrocks again, potentially. I, I would think there has to be something like that in it, Willie. Um, you know, they certainly do themselves justice. They didn't do themselves just into the All Ireland last year. And I was very, very surprised at that. But I would say on the other side of that, 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 I think this Ballyhill team are going to be one of the most exceptional club sides of all time. Um, and if they win another All-Ireland, they're going to be one of them anyway. Yeah. And, you know, to be an exceptional Ballyhale team in Ballyhale itself is some record considering some of the teams that they've had in the past. Um, but uh, they, they definitely played 
probably to, to, to their, their top momentum that day in the All-Ireland. You know, everything worked really well for them. I saw them in the semi-final um, below Bally Gunner, against yeah. Ballygunner as well. Um, and, you know, they didn't play as well. And even when you look at, at um, and we'll talk about Ballyhale maybe a little bit more in a minute because I do want to come back and, and talk about Thomas. But if you look at Ballyhale, they won a Kenny semi-final by nine, a Kenny county final by nine, uh, hammered Martins, uh, beat Clonkill by nine, um, beat Mullins is by nine like they're fairly consistent winnings um, yeah. and they're probably still have a little bit left in the tank in it against that performance against Thomas's that was an exceptional performance against Thomas all that was good in hurling about how to move the ball and, and, and uh, find space and all of that and they, they hammered Bally Bowden the year before as well in the Leinster was it yeah. that Leinster final like I mean yeah. they're, no, they're, they're hammering everybody no, really. they're, 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 they may very well be an exceptional team we'll talk about it in a minute but just back to Thomas's you know, Thomas are driven really by, I suppose, you know, families really, you're talking about Burks and, and, and Coney's, you know, there may very well be. And incidentally, I think what's really, there's a really good part, I think Fintan Burke, who got injured that day against Ballyhale, and yeah. it was a crucial injury he had, um, uh, that, that had to go off the field that day. I think he, he's, he certainly came back into the county final there. Um, got two points, he won it for He them. did, he that's two. right, he did, that's correct, yeah. Um um, but I, I think that that closeness and that um, you know there's, there's some serious players themselves James Regan was a Galway senior David Brooks a Galway senior Conor Cooney and you know uh, just all of the Burks just playing together um, and I think Fintan Burke may very well make the Galway team this year you know if he just, just keeps fit gets fitness right and doesn't get injured in that again so I, I think what will drive them is uh, clearly, um, you know, Shamrocks are in the other semi-final. Um, what clearly will drive them is they will love to get back there again and, and just do themselves justice there. Um, I, I, I'd probably lean a little bit towards Thomas's, um, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's going to be very, very close. Obviously. Yeah, they're, they're two very good teams. Thomas's yeah. are five to six, Bursley yeah. are six to five. And I suppose five. they've been at this level for a while. Uh, but don't underestimate the importance of Brendan Maher. Um, he's won an All-Ireland, he's now won a tip, he's won a Munster. Um, he's an exceptional leader uh, within, a, w- within a team um, and probably an exceptional leader for Tipperary as he's proved this year as well. And, you know, he, he, he's not a flamboyant player, even though he's technically a brilliant hurler. Um, and I think his ability just to grab the team and, and push it over the line. And they have, you know, you have the likes of Dan McCormick, some of those as well, who will, but they'll, they'll put in a massive shift. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, they have that history in Tipperary. It, it's really strange that there's not that many Tipperary teams that won, have won All-Irelands. You know, no. Kil, Kilrowana could probably na- name them on one hand uh, that have won it. Won it. And, uh, you know, even the likes of Sarah and those they flattered to deceive yeah, they really, didn't just, they? You know, considering the quality that they had in their team and that uh, didn't deliver the, the, the results that you would have, have expected the quality that they had um, and you know Bursley are conscious of that and they, you know, they, will, they will want to represent their own club obviously to start with but equally for their county uh, well um, but I just think that you know Thomas is um, I just think they'll have a little bit too much for them and I think maybe they might have a little bit of strength and depth that Boris may not have OK I'll go for Boris Lee just to disagree with you or maybe you're going for Thomas's just to disagree with me each other I'm not <laughs> sure which I'm not sure which word it is Ballyhill Shamrocks then against Slocknail this is 1-33 to 33, like I mean Slocknail are 10-1 to 1 outsiders they um, spoke after manager Michael McShane spoke after the the, the Ulster final um, it was Dunloy they beat and the, the mm. talk was that Dunloy were a better hurling team and that the Slocknail had beaten them two years ago by bullying them off the field and all this kind of talk and Slocknail used this to their advantage and actually a winning, their winning manager Michael McShane said after the match the drive that we got this week from people talking about how we weren't a good enough hurling team that we were going to go out, uh, going to have to come out and bully Dunloy physically intimidate them and do all those things but we wouldn't be able to out hurl them 
and you saw who the best hurling team out there today was. So he wasn't letting any of that go. Like, I mean, and they're get, Slotnail are guilty of being the football team that plays hurling. And there's no bigger insult to, to a hurling man, is there, Cheddar, to be, than to be a football man no, playing that's, hurling? That's true. And um, <laughs> I think that needs to be put to bed, um, Willie. First of all, good teams win big matches. And, um, you know, I, I think you are right. Um, for that club, they're an exceptional club. There's been enough media articles. I don't need to talk them up here. There's been enough media articles written on them about their club, about their um, unity, um, about their community, uh, you know, all those things that matters to them, about their team spirit. Um, and I suppose hugely about their nursery program that they've put in place. Um, and bear in mind, they're a dual club. Um, well, you know, we know how difficult that is. And yeah. a lot of these, you the likes of Christian McKagan, some of those, they're dual players um, who are giving it everything. Um, well, we'll just talk. Um, I think they've been in maybe two or three All Irelands. Um, I know Kula beat him. I'm pretty sure Napierisig beat him as well. Um, I know. Look, they were two exceptional club teams. They're not getting good All Ireland semi final draws. No, are they? they're, no, like they're Cush- being unfortunate. Cush- yes. Dahl nearly beat Thomas's last year in Parnell Park. Yes, so that's, you'd that's actually correct. give Slocknail a much a, a fighting chance against the other two. But yeah. you know, it, let's be honest, against Ballyhill Shamrocks, who just blow teams away. You know, you. you yes, but. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit against myself here, I suppose. Um, you know, for, for once, Slock Neal's um, conditioning that they will have got from playing at such a high level, I think they've played, I think they've nine in a row hurling championships won at this stage. Not necessarily that, will you? But I think their Camogues have won seven or eight and maybe two or three All-Irelands in that as well. Like they're yeah, incre- yeah. This, this is an incredible club. Yeah. Um, and But they've also won... Correct me if I'm wrong, Wooly, because this is this is that that other code that you do talk about there. <laughs> I think they've won maybe four or five Derry senior football championships, and that's not easy. They won, won three Ulsters and won three Ulsters. You know, so I, I'm just going back. There's a lot of dual players here. There's some dual players here, certainly where the conditioning level would be very very high. But I think if they look at Ballyhale Shamrocks and um, if they take them on and um, you know stay with him that this game's going to be close and that they close down the space and don't allow um, Shamrocks to sort of ping the ball around you know and then get into their stride and they're very very difficult to stop you know if you give them that space and that ability to move into space and take the ball to hand and that they're technically very very gifted players I think if Slack Neal um, stay close to that and close that down because you know in the Leinster final um, St Mullins did, did that um, and they, they probably closed down the middle third and it made it difficult for Shamrocks for a good part of that game and actually Mullins missed a goal and the ball went up the field and uh, yeah. Shamrocks got a goal you yeah. know it was a turnaround of six points nearly you could say um, so I think if, if the game turns out like that um, I think Slock Neal you know they'll, they'll be certainly close to it um, but you know I, I'd, I'd have to say that um, if you know, Ballahill opened it up um, and, and that, and, and if they allowed them the space, they're just technically gifted players. I think there's going to be 10 Ballahill players on the Kilkenny panel this year. There may very well be seven of them on the team and there probably will be four of them in the Kilkenny forward line. And this is a county that has played in an All-Ireland only only a couple of months back, Woolly. So who breaks in then? Um, Owen Cody? Well, Owen Cody, I, I think, could very well... could very well. Now, the competition, of course, is going to be savage here and the competition is savage in Kilkenny. Um, but look, he has that ability. At the minute, you have Adrian Mullen, TJ Reid and Colin Fenley yeah. already there. Um, Owen Cody will there. I, I think... I know Richie Reid is away... 
um, or, or was away there recently um, he could very well break into a Kenny team at, at wing back I'll be very surprised if Darren Mullen is not corner back and that Joey Holden he might actually replace Joey Holden and maybe Joey Holden will stay there right. and you were talking about six seven players in a county like Kenny is, is Darren the brother of Adrian's he is yes right. yeah um, and you know so so and you have, you have a number of other players there. You likes of Evelyn Shefflin and Evan those Shefflin around Evelyn Shefflin did well, and James Doyle I thought in the final. He, in the air, he did well. Yes, he on did. Him. Yeah. No, no, he is. I mean, I mean, these are very, very, and these are all very, very young players. You know, what what what's, what was amazing was um, in the Kilkenny Under Twenty One final uh, just before Christmas, um, all Auckland's beat him, and they sort of beat him. You know, in the way I'm talking about that, they they sort of you know played hip to hip, uh, you know, won a lot of the contests and beat him well in the end. Um, I can't remember the score now, but I think maybe seven or eight pints. Right. And Shamrocks were going for three in a row in the under-21s. Now, look, maybe a lot of the players, you know, you would have had like Vaughan Cody um, uh, and Adrian Mullen on that and Darren Mullen on that. You know, maybe they had their eye on, on Sunday's game. And enough, that, you know, which yeah, be which is fair enough. You so can't just keep that level of real energy going the whole time. So how did you manage TJ Reid? Because when I see him playing uh, <laughs> club, so you don't Larkin playing centre-back and he was kind of sweeping did you put someone else back then to, to uh, no, mark TJ Reid no we didn't really TJ doesn't play um, 11 and um, uh, look TJ you, you can't you can't go in against Shamrocks with just one game plan um, because the quality of their team yeah. um, you know Henry can move his team around anyway and he did that day as well but generally speaking when you see TJ playing um, he seems to have a licence to go and follow the ball and uh, seek out weaknesses in your team um, and, um, and they'll find them because they're technically very good players at finding players and this, whereas you know you'll see some teams that are you know maybe you might call them maybe running teams or great athleticism about them um, but that's not necessarily the way Ballyhale play they're, they're very good at pinging the pass to hand but the player that, that's receiving it seems to be able to get into the space but back to TJ um, he rarely stays at 11 you could find him anywhere in the field um, and of course you can't let him free he isn't the best hurler in Ireland for 10 years for nothing you can't just let him free um, so you have to figure out something about how to close him down but you're, you're not going to let your centre back move out the field on him so you know it, it might look like that your centre back's playing a sweeper but he isn't really it's just he's that holding t- his he's just holding his position really Yeah, I, I suppose the, the the thing that you know some of the things if you were back again you'd, you'd, you'd like to work things a little bit better but you probably need to work more ball through that player if that player is being left free I get somebody. You. That's but if that's the case then you know so what are you going to do next you're going to shove your 15 out in the 6 to close that down as well and put the threat further back to field yeah. and that um, so I suppose so many quality players all over the field will he, you know you just cannot go out with you know say look shut this and shut this um, I'll be okay because you know they're obviously going to counter tactic that or Henry's going to counter tactic that in some way um, and you know you're, you're left with another problem somewhere else Two quick things before we finish up any run-ins with Henry on the sideline in the county final or anything no? <laughs> shut up Clunkett keep I, your mouth shut down <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any runs in my hand but yeah, yeah, stay very quiet will you? Uh, did he impress you on the sideline would he have made a move or two to counteract anything you did I know he is like? actually look he's he's um He's, you know, he was a fantastic hurler number of number one. Now that doesn't mean you're going to be a fantastic manager, but he's managed the team to win in All Ireland. Uh, you know, I don't need to say anything else. In his first year or second year, I don't know if it was his first year or second year with him. Um, first year, look, first year with him. You know, he's a very, very, very astute man. He he hurled and was a leader in that Kilkenny team and uh, and that you know so he's bringing I suppose a lot of experience at that level uh, to management um, and uh, yeah no no yes they would you know they would have made some little changes that that you know you've got to react to as well and and um, um, 
he has resources to do that, Willie, yeah. as well. I mean, I've named out a whole pile In of fairness, though, when he took them over, they weren't fancied when he took them over first. Now, they had these young lads coming the through hand, which yeah. have transformed them, the hand, you know. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't remember thinking Ballyhale were in the talk at all, even for Kilkenny that time, were they? They were nearly going out, I think, early in his first year in the championship. I think they were going to be knocked out. Yeah, and strangely enough, this year... Uh, Similar one, things. Well, yeah, well, 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 look, this year, this is different, obviously. They've, they've been, you know, and Thomas's were the same. I think Thomas's were beaten the first round of... The Galway Championship, um, Clara, I think beat. I'm, I'm sure I'm right here now. Beat uh, Ballyhale in the first first round. I know we beat him in the third round. Um, beat him, yeah. And I started kicked off our year a little bit as well. Now you know, hands up on that one. Uh, Ballyhale are missing Joy, and they were they were missing uh, Colin Fenley the same the, the same day. But but um, I his he, he you know obviously. I think there's an interesting point there, Willie, that winning an under-21 is quite important and maybe more important now, particularly with the, with minors going back a year. Um, I think winning an under-20 or under-21 is probably more important now in terms of you pushing on with a senior performance in the, in the following couple of years because it's just much more closely related to, uh, to, to a senior. Um, so I think he was... I won't say he was lucky because, you know, you could have great under-21 teams and they just go off the bile or just don't perform, whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I'd probably say that, you know, if, if Henry comes into the dressing room and he wants to play in a certain way um, and, you know, he's been your club man and your all-star and your county player and all of that, you, you know, you're probably likely to play the way he wants to play. No, well, that's uh, true. And that, you know. And look, he, he's got leaders in the team as well. In, you know, one of the big things for him was Michael Fenley coming back centre-back and that as well. You know, you're talking about some players here that have won I don't know how many all Ireland's Michael has, um, and and Colin has, and TJ has, um, you know. So they've been playing at a hugely high level for for a number of years, and they're they be huge leaders to have in their team. And uh, you know, Michael coming back in centre back, then released Darren. I think he had played Darren Darren at centre back prior to that. So Darren now is corner back. He's going to be our man marker. He's going to be the man that's going to carry ball out of the defence at great speed and that. Uh, and incidentally. They use Colin Fenley very well up front as well. Um, you know, to sort of create space around him, or they might move him out to, to corner forward or wing forward, or sort of a halfway between wing and, and corner. Um, so that you know, he has made good use of a lot of the players there as well. And of course, that opens it up for TJ coming through the middle and that as well. Um, so uh, you know, you asked the question. Um, look, he's proved it. Um, yeah. He's brought a very young team to win in All Ireland and may very well go on and win another one. Win there's, another not, one. there's not too many clubs have done that. Definitely not. So we'll go Ballyhill Sham. You're going Ballyhill Shamrocks, and you're going St Thomas's. I'll go Ballyhill Shamrocks, Boris Ali, and we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll have you back in for the for the final. Cheddar, thanks very much. Um, we'll be back on Monday with a review of all these matches. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour hurling ACA. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today, because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go,